0: Hello, welcome back to Sparkle on Substack. Today I am going to do a bit of a kind of catch-all post of the summer and what's been happening with my Substack. I wanted to celebrate um, reaching 2,000 subscribers and for me it's never about the numbers, it's about the depth of connection which is what's kept me coming back to Substack again and again and Kind of ditching more of the other places that you can show up online. But I thought it might be helpful just to kind of talk through how that's felt um, and some of the things that I've done to grow my Substack and to keep that kind of depth of connection with people and some of the kind of roadblocks that I've encountered along the way. So I am gonna put this on YouTube as well. So I'm gonna share my screen so that you can see what I'm talking about when I talk about my three Substack spaces. And also you should be able to listen to this just as audio as well, if you want to. So I'll do that now. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, is this little bit of faffing? We'll find it. There we go. I'm just opening up Substack right now. Um. It's been a really interesting summer for me so I usually try and take some time off over summer which I definitely did and here in the early stages of September I'm just kind of getting back to work and wondering what's what with um, my substack plans for the autumn winter and how work's going to fit in with all of that as well. So it's a nice time to kind of start a fresh new page in your journal or notebook and just have a little bit of a think about your goals. And my goals are always really informed by where I've been and what I've learned. So for me, um, as I've been growing my spaces here on Substack, I've opened up my Sparkle on Substack publication, which is my newest publication. Now I should say, and I've heard this through a few different sources that Substack don't actually recommend you start in multiple publications on the one platform. Um. I've done it and my new friend Sarah Faye over at Writers at Work has done it as well. Reason being that it made much more sense to hold an audience in these separate spaces for me because of the amount of content that I was planning to put out and the diversity of that content. So here on Sparkle on Substack, I feel like it's about Substack. So the people that I brought over from my old mailing list on Creatively Conscious and the people that have kind of popped over from Instagram and other places – They want to know about slow-lived family life. They want to know about behind the scenes of my business. And that's very much what that publication is. Um, I send my monthly notes from the sea there. And I also have a third publication here on Substack with a friend, Laura Oldfield, where we've carved out a space for mothers. So that space is called Company of Two. So here on my dashboard, you can see that I've got access to all three of the publications. I've also got one with a separate login that is for a commissioned client. So um, that one is completely separate to my writer profile, but my writer profile, there I am, Claire Venus, links to all three of those publications. And the big thing that I wanted to say on that is that I had Creatively Conscious as my lead publication. So this would be the publication that sat here. When I launched Sparkle on Substack, I decided to try having Sparkle on Substack as the lead publication and retiring the other two just down here. I mean, it's just literally a scroll down. But as we know, people on the internet will just click one thing and that's them finished. So I knew by doing that, the other publications would become quieter or maybe they would be harder to find. But for me, I didn't want to kind of shoot myself in the foot. I was launching, I was going all in, big guns, Sparkle and Substack's arrived. I'm so excited about it and I wanted people to be able to find it and understand what it was. So that one is front and centre. Now, I might not keep it that way, but it's it's that way for now and it's working really, really well. So in terms of the growth that I've seen for Sparkle and Substack, I'm up to about 600 subscribes there with about a 10% conversion rate into paid. Now, this is set up as a paid community. So I still will offer my gifts of service, the gifts of value, um, those free posts to the whole of the community that want to read them on Substack. But really, this space is to nurture my membership and to go really deep on being a creative who also likes to write because that is my True North, my passion. I'm really, really excited about the space that I can take up via Substack. So Substack has really become a platform for me to deliver this work. Um, and there's a lot of thought gone into that. So over on Creatively Conscious, I also have paid subscriptions. And I'm about to do a bit of a shake-up of that model. So watch this space on that. And on Company of Two, we don't have paid subscriptions turned on as of yet. Laura and I are growing into the space. So we've got about 100-ish mums that are part of that community and that's growing really steadily and really slowly and we're getting lots of depth of connection and lots of depth of conversation over there which is what we really wanted so the three spaces to me feel very unique and different um it's still me at the heart of it all so I don't show up as a different person in each publication I show up as myself but they, these are just different extensions of who I am so part of the success of reaching 2000 subscribers is definitely down to being able to grow into the space that Substack allows us to grow into and make it more expansive. So for me, that really felt like, okay, the first step was into paid memberships, and then it was into audio, and then a little bit of a kind of flirtatious relationship with video. I've not done as much as I'd like to with video, but there's more that I could do there. So that'll come and then obviously spilling out into a second publication with Laura and then into Sparkle on Substack. So it's all made loads of sense. I don't want you to think that the reason that I've hit 2000 subscribers is solely because I teach about Substack. So I've heard this a few times. And yes, obviously, there is part of that within why people might subscribe um, and it's been a conscious decision for sure because I run a business I'm self-employed like I have to think about my business and I have to think about how everything fits together but I was already over on Creatively Conscious talking about these ways into creative journaling being confident in your own creativity reclaiming your creativity and all of this stuff and really getting away from that model that tells us we can't show up unless something's perfect. So there are lots of different ways to show up on Substack. Mine is very much celebrating imperfectly perfect perfection. You know, it is already perfect. Like it's already an extension of you. You wouldn't have a conversation with a friend and try and sort of edit yourself so much that you were like the perfect version of what you could be. And I feel like with social media, like this has done more damage than it has good. So for me... You know, I've shown up, I've not overthought it, like I've turned up on video, forgot to put my lip gloss on, like it's all fine, like all of it's fine. I'm, you know, I'm obviously being very flippant there about the lip gloss, but you know, there are lots of ways to connect and to turn up as yourself online And yes, there is something in crafting what you want to put out there in the world for your audience, for your friends online, for your subscribers. But there is something about this test and adjust process as a creative that actually, if your audience is connected to you and your values, they will come along with you. So. You'd have to do quite a lot to upset somebody so much that they would unsubscribe and that's really not down to you. I've definitely had that. I don't have unsubscribes turned on on my Substack. I couldn't really. I think it would just be crushing. It would be really hard and I would almost go back and try and examine why that person had left so as you know, on Substack, you can click into somebody's email profile and you can see everything that they've read if you want to. And that type of research work is really interesting to find out what is resonating with people. It goes much deeper than the open rate. So you can really see, okay, like this person has spent time here, this person has left this many comments, you know, you can really get a sense of how somebody is connecting to your content. I've heard from the people that pay for my membership that they've found it hard to keep up with my content. So I'm really taking that on board for this next phase as I kind of continue with Substack and continue to grow what I offer here. I'm trying to make it more simplistic, more clear. I'm trying to do less posts and just make sure that people have got all of the info if they want it in the same post, but it's not kind of multiple posts going out. I'm also wondering about those posts that, get shared a lot so those posts that get a lot of restacks which is another great way to grow on substack and what it is about those posts that could be really useful to think about within this kind of wider strategy so I've never I'm laughing because I'm just going to be really honest with you I've never written a post thinking this one will get a load of restacks so when it happens it's almost like I see it in retrospect and I'm like oh it was that line or it was because I said that in that way and that resonated with people. So I did a post over on Creatively Conscious over summer. I scheduled the post to go out. Um, I wrote it relatively quickly for me because I wanted to make sure it went out and scheduled before we went on holiday. And I just, it's part of something bigger called Project Bloom. And I really wanted to just put it out in the world. And it was quite quiet. The post was quite quiet. Um, You know, I had a sort of a few comments. It's very niche talking about worm hotels and all the stuff that we do with the allotment garden here. So it was very niche and um, it was beautiful. You know, the conversations that I had there were really beautiful. And then my husband pointed out, that one of my friends um and a person who is also on Substack had re reshared, restacked a quote from that article and it had over a hundred interactions. And I just didn't know about it because I'd seen that she'd restacked it and then I'd, you know maybe seen like the first couple of comments, but then it had gone more, more viral than that. I'm using viral in the most loose terms, you know, just it had gone further on the platform and I'd missed that. But because he subscribes to my stuff, he'd seen it. And that's the thing with Substack. So because I use all of Substack's features, I use chat, notes, podcasts, audio, I use photographs within my posts, I write short posts, I write longer posts, I just have a really expansive lovely time using Substack. I feel like there is so much that Substack does for for us as creatives at the same time as us putting something out there, you just don't know whether something you put out there the week before might have had kind of tons and tons of ripples and be doing loads and loads for your profile. So subscribers are coming from many different places um, you guys know that I love recommendations. I love that as a feature on Substack. I love the reciprocity of it. I absolutely love the fact that we can take time over someone's work and really thank them for writing the work that they do, for doing the work that they do on the internet. I just think that it is such a generous thing. And with Sparkle on Substack, I just the other day hit 50 recommendations. Now, I did ask for those. I did say, look, I would really like recommendations. It's a brand new publication. If you like what I've been doing over on Creatively Conscious, please feel free to recommend Sparkle on Substack. It'll be the same sort of stuff. Um, And because I've been building up that profile on Substack for over a year now, people were very quick to recommend my new publication before I'd even really put many posts out. And that was a really brilliant way for me to grow the new publication and ultimately what has enabled me to hit 2000 subscribers. I'm going to do a separate post on recommendations really soon. But that has definitely been key to me um, growing on Substack, using recommendations thinking about how a post is going to land um, and also using the notes feature as a social networking tool. So, yes, you can share what you've written as a post or share what you've recorded as a podcast. But it is a social network. It's Substack's inbuilt built social network. There are people that write really generously about how to use notes and you can kind of have a look and see what's resonating with people. Top tip, if you talk about anything to do with Substack, your note usually does quite well. I think people have picked up on that now that we all want to talk about how we're using Substack, how it's all feeling, what people are struggling with, all that sort of thing. But not just those notes. There are other notes doing really, really well and gaining lots of traction and, and subscribers are coming over directly from notes i'm getting some paid subscribers from notes as well um so it's all fuel in this huge ecosystem that is substack Every month, mid-month, Substack will send out an email saying you might also like. And I've been in that email quite a few times. And that does bring quite a few subscribers over. And I think, again, that seems to me, and I don't know this, I could ask Substack this, but it seems to me to be to to, to be to do with recommendations and how other publications are recommending my work. And then that ends up kind of churning it through into Substack's recommendations email. So that's been really, really good too. Um. In terms of this um, publication, and I'm just sharing my screen for those listening on audio now. So I've set this up. So like I said, I want to keep it really, really clear. So I've set it up with just two spaces. I've got Membership Sparkles, which is my lovely membership community. I absolutely love showing up there. I'm really, really excited for everything that we're going to do together for the rest of the year and more than that. And then I've got this Substack Growth Tips. Now, the reason that I've got Substack Growth Tips is because... Substack growth has been the most watched video on my YouTube. I think I might have two and it has the most clicks from Pinterest. So it just says what it is. I was cautious about whether to call it that because I am about growth in a myriad of ways, both personal growth, sustainability obviously the numbers are great and if you're on a track to try and kind of get an agent or a publisher or you've got some other goals it can be really helpful to have lots of subscribers finding your work but for me I was really cautious to just be clickbaity about growth because I just wasn't sure if that was what I wanted to talk about and then the more I've done this work the more it's Seem to me that people just if they want to know that they, re- they really just want to know that you know they don't want to have to like look for it and search for it they just want to go to okay like I'm ready to grow my pub- publication or I'm curious about how to grow and because growth has been really organic for me on Substack, I hadn't really considered the people that were finding it hard to grow I didn't really know I just thought that everybody was seeing this traction with Substack. um And actually, that's not the case. So one of my clients shared her stats with me just the other day. And she's over the month of August, she'd lost one subscriber, not grown any and lost one paid subscriber. And my heart really sank because I didn't know that that was going on. And I know that sounds really naive, but I'm just learning the platform as we all are. So when I'm showing up, as my authentic self and I might seem really confident and everything else it's because Substack is working for me and you know I need to not forget that I have a whole career under my belt of engagement consultancy creative producing showing up as a creative in the world Um, and I don't want to sell myself short like there is a skill set there and I have obviously subconsciously applied that skill set to Substack so Yes, so that is Sparkle on Substack. I've set up a few different tabs along here. So I've got the A to Z of Substack. Oh, I said Z like an American there. A to Z of Substack. I've got art on Substack, something I'm really passionate about seeing more of. I've got my membership sparkles, my Substack resources, my writery groups. So the difference between writery groups and Substack resources is that Substack resources is about everybody that is sharing about Substack and how to grow on Substack, how to use Substack, um, how to tell stories on Substack, all that sort of stuff, and some helpful hints from Team Substack. And then the writer groups is if you want to join other groups. So if you want to kind of connect to other writers and meet up on Zoom and all that sort of stuff. So I've popped those in there. And then if we head over to Creatively Conscious, I'm just going to show you, and I'm going to be really, um, really honest about how this one is feeling. So for me... It's kind of curated like my Instagram space was, where it just feels really calm. There is a lot of blue sky, there is a lot of nature, there's a lot of inspiring stuff. I've got my guest posts that I do there um and I'm still growing into this space. I have purposefully like I said retired it to be a second publication because I wanted to pause growing it until I re identify what I'm doing here, so I'm going to work with a couple of mentors in this next little period to try and really get to grips with what I'm doing here and not lose what it is that I came to the platform for. So that feels really important to me, as does sharing behind the scenes of my business, which I will continue to do for my members here. But in terms of what this publication can be when somebody lands on it and how it makes them feel and what they might be able to be guided through to find, I really need to give that a big pull apart and a put back together again so I'll be really honest about where I'm at with that right now here in September and things will shift and change um, and then over at Company of Two I wanted to share this publication because we set it up primarily as a podcasting space and then Mum Life um, you know we haven't recorded all of the podcasts that we plan to yet but we will get back around to it so we also had this idea of what it could be as a community space because we were both finding community on substack so we set it up as a community from the off so it was it was doing two things it was sharing our podcast and that goes out to other podcast platforms. And it was also inviting people in, mums, to come and be part of a community here. So we haven't done a too, a too much work on the layout. We've been um, sharing these weekly posts, weekly guest posts from other mums. The mums fill in a Google form, attach a couple of photos, and we publish those posts. And we have a lovely chat in the comments. We've still done some recommendations here and we're slowly growing this space. Now, one of the things that I've said to other clients that I work with who are also mums and who are taking up this kind of niche space around motherhood, matrescence, postpartum work, um, being a mum who also works, all of that sort of stuff is that it is niche and it is niche on Substack. So in terms of depth of connection and growth that way, there is a lot of potential in terms of numbers isn't yet I just think I just want to be really upfront and honest about that so when you're setting up your publication it's different here so you know we've been told so so much make it really clear on social media make sure your niche is really clear Substack throws all that away. It is really about us and what we want to put out in the world. And that's why I've ended up with three publications. But it's also why I've ended up for the first time being able to really honour all of those different parts of myself. I would have, when I first had my daughter, would have just taken up space with this publication and would have sort of, you know, faffed around with business stuff and tried to kind of make it fit. But this way round, it means that I can show up wholeheartedly as a mum who also has a business with Laura, who is also a mum who has a business. And we can we can have that meet in place and we can inspire and talk with other mums that are doing exactly the same thing in real time. And I just think that is so special. Um, And we're really excited about that space growing. So, yeah, that felt like a really good thing to do in terms of creatively conscious. It's the name of my business but I never had a niche other than I'm a creative business and I do lots of things under that umbrella. So my publication on Substack that's called for Conscious has just enabled me to kind of unpack what it is that I do both within my lifestyle and also within my business and hold those two things and talk about those two things through my writing. So I really enjoyed doing that. Um, I should stop sharing my screen. Um, I should also say that one of the things that I've really enjoyed doing is guest posting for other publications. So I reached out to Keris over at the Ladybird Purse and did um a guest post for her. And then I think I've maybe done two others, two, I think it's about two, two or three within this time period. Um, the reason that I wanted to do that is I feel like there's a different voice comes out when you are interviewed, as to whether, you know, in, in comparison to when you just sit down at the keyboard and type. So I've really enjoyed doing that and I would like to do more of it. I definitely see um, an increase in subscribers and an increase in people sort of feeling like they know me more when I do that work. So it feels really nice to do. I would also really like to be on some more podcasts you know now that I've got a bit more confident with my northeast accent and a bit more confident with video and all of that sort of stuff I've still got a way to go but I feel like I've been working on this timeline for around about six years I remember when my son was really small and we were set to make a video of a beautiful creative project that I was working on with the theatre it was like 10 takes plus I just could not do it I could not speak to camera. Like I just was terrified, and I kept messing up what I wanted to say. I kept trying to write a script and then going off piece. Like I just found it so difficult. So I've worked really hard to hone what it is that I want to share, both in audio and video format, and try and translate some of the things that are, that come to me quite easily through writing into audio and video. And some people will just be naturally very good at audio or naturally very good at video. As an elder millennial, I'll have definitely had to grow into that space and I'm still working on it. So yeah, guest posts, guest podcasts, um, being really supportive of my community. So I do spend a lot of time on the platform. You know, I'm, I'll be really honest about that. You know that I deleted social media from my phone and I spend a lot of time reading other people's sub stacks, recommending them, joining in with communities. I pay for some communities as well, which are kind of on Zoom. And I feel like I plug into quite a few spaces and quite a few communities. And I feel like I've been front and center in terms of giving people that permission slip to take up space on Substack. I've really enjoyed doing that. It's been amazing. So that's felt really good. Um, I'll leave you with three top tips if you came to this video and if you came to this audio to really hear from, from me around how I have grown from zero to 2000 subscribers on Substack I know people kind of want to understand what that journey is so from not to 500 felt really slow I imported a mailing list of about 300 in October last year and there were a few unsubscribes from that and that was all fine And then incrementally, there was sort of one or two a week up to the 500 mark, one or two new subscribers a week. And then it went from 500 to 1000. It was one or two a day. So this is when I still just had the one publication. Then when we started Company of Two, um, obviously, we were showing up in a new space, and it was very niche. So some of my subscribers will subscribe to both publications, and some are unique to Company of Two. And Taking up space in my emails that I sent around Substack tips and how to use the platform as a creative, people were really interested in that work and people were joining my Zoom classes behind the scenes as well. And that felt like to me, I got a deeper connection with more people who were using the Substack platform Quite deeply, quite quickly. And that meant that they were very supportive of my work because they got to know me. So they got to know me through my regular posting, but they also got to know me off Substack on Zoom. So I do think that is part of how I've been able to grow on Substack. Then from there, so from that one or two a week and kind of getting to know people and guest posting and doing my recommendations and all that sort of stuff, notes came in and there was a sharp spike of everybody subscribing to lots of different publications that they found it really hard to find. Before that, I was looking for new people via the Explore page, but I would often find publications that seemed a bit dead, that nobody had been posting I did actually unsubscribe unsubscribe to a lot. Um, So if people hadn't posted for longer than a month, I unsubscribed. And that definitely um, didn't do me any favours, I don't think, with people that maybe got a bit upset by that. Um, You can never really tell, can you? But that was my rule. I just literally went through my whole list because I felt like I was subscribed to too many and I wanted to make space for more. And people were being a bit judgy about how many subscribers you subscribe to. Like, I'm not spam. I genuinely i am just geeky about the platform. I just love it. So I wiped a load of people out that weren't posting or had lo- looked like they hadn't posted for a month or so. And I kept the people that were posting more regularly. So once a month or more. Um, And I refreshed all of that around the same time. Um, And that felt really good. So it felt really good to kind of be reading new work and to be connected to new writers and to be understanding people's journey of coming to Substack and to really kind of get into conversations about all of that. I found some amazing... mentors I want to call them you know mentors who have books out in the world who are published authors who have built you know big businesses through the work that they do and I feel really inspired by their work as well Um, so we have lots of chats in notes and we're very supportive of the work that we're all doing and that's been really good So from 500 up to 1,000, things did start moving more quickly. So once I kind of tipped over 500 to to up to 1,000, it didn't really take that long. I think that Substack were definitely promoting my work. And I was seeing more like between like two and 10 subscribes a day coming through the Substack network, coming through all of the work that I'd done. And remember, by this point, there was a lot of posts that were evergreen on the platform. Um, I also at that point started YouTube tutorials so I think there was a confidence in me that came when I got a thousand subscribers to teach more about what I've been doing on YouTube and at that point I also thought about okay well if more subscribers are interested in my work or more interested in the Substack platform, maybe I should be talking about Substack in another few places. So I tried it on Instagram. I set up a LinkedIn group. You're very welcome to join. It's called Writers and Creatives on Substack, and you can find it by searching on LinkedIn. And then I started this series of 11 YouTube tutorials. Now, they were kind of planned, but they were also kind of responsive to just how I was using the platform. And my only rule was just show up at the start of every week. So either a Monday or a Tuesday, record a tutorial, share my screen, share what I was doing. Um, I ran a masterclass at the same time called Mailing List Magic, which was sharing around how I'd finally, after all these years of having one, grown my mailing list using Substack. So that brought some new people over and some interest. And then while I was on holiday this summer, Um, I hit 2,000 subscribers, which I saw in the app, um, which was a really welcome surprise. Um, I wasn't sure how Substack work it. And I'll be really honest, because I've got multiple publications under the same writer name. What they're actually telling you is that my writer profile has 2,000 subscriptions. So... It's I don't have that on in on any individual publication yet, but I would like to think that I would get there. So it's cumulative. So Substack are adding all of those subscriber numbers together, unique subscribers together, and making the 2000. And while I was on holiday, I did less on Substack and I definitely grew less. Um and now I'm back again. I'm seeing that same trajectory of growth across my platform so creatively conscious is just a few a week now because like i said i'm just kind of keeping that bubbling away there and then sparkle on Substack is up to 10 a day so there are up to 10 a day new subscribers and i'm not seeing too much churn rate yet i think because of the nature of the publication and what it is people are just getting to know my writery voice on there and the things that i share so that's felt really good um a company of two is growing really gradually just like one or two new mums a week if that finding us and that's what we want you know we really want to extend our um open arms to any mums who are trying to do the juggle with kids and start a business or work on a business or grow a business um and continually show up and reinvent what we have to do to make businesses work um create businesses work online in 2023 so Yeah. Overall, it's the snowball effect, guys. Like that is what works on Substack. You show up, there's a snowball from that. You show up again, there's another snowball. Those snowballs meet and then there's a huge big snowman just running down the snowy mountain um, and showing everybody what you've got to offer on Substack. So it's about showing up. You've got to put perfectionism down. Like I'm not saying don't hone your craft, but don't do it to the detriment of showing up because there's no growth there. There's no growth for you and there's no growth for your audience understanding you. They'll just aud- understand a perfectly perfected version of you. And actually, that is where things can be quite dangerous on our mental health and can actually trip us up because then we've got to try and move into that mold every time we post. And it's not real. It's not real. Like, honestly, it's all smoke and mirrors. I've worked in theater, film and TV my whole career. and That's why I don't bring that energy to the internet, to the way I show up on the internet, because it can be something else it can be a living breathing thing an exchange a set of responses fast responses you know we can do all of that here and so I'd like to say on a final note I'm so grateful to you all thank you all for supporting my work sharing my work being here as part of the community I absolutely love this work I feel like in terms of my 10-year plan I feel like I'm really set in terms of the direction that I can go in and I just can't wait to share more resources with you and more special guests here on Sparkle on Substack so So I'll end it there, but thank you again for listening. If you've got questions, do put them in the comments and I'll do my best to answer. Hopefully it's been super useful for you today.